This is, um, this is interesting. Dave, Dave Beaumont, as I came in, he said, I love it when it's spontaneous Christianity, he said. I love it when the meetings are spontaneous. And he said, you need to get that in at some point this morning. I said, what? You mean like when, when we did the conga around the building? Do you remember that one? Yeah? Didn't quite do the conga this morning, but that's okay. There's still time. So I got it in, Dave, right? Spontaneous. Authentic Christianity. Spontaneous Christianity. See, because when you come in with something, when you're saying, God, I need you to break through. I need you, Lord, this morning in this place. God doesn't disappoint. God doesn't disappoint. He's never failed me yet. And I've been waiting for the time for Kels to be in that place where she can declare the goodness of God. And it was right this morning that there was breakthrough because you're a worshiper. You're a worshiper. You know, you're a worshiper. God is looking for worshipers. Those who have a heart after him. That's what he said when he saw David, didn't he? He said he was looking for a man after his own heart. He's looking for worshipers. That's all he wants is your worship. And out of worship, as we've said many times from this place, out of worship flows everything else. Out of that place of worship, and worship is worship is ugly sometimes, isn't it? Not to God, it's not. But it feels ugly. I'll talk about myself. Sometimes I can walk through that door and I can think, God, I can't give you anything this morning. Why would you want my worship? Ugly worship. We don't tend to associate worship with ugliness, do we? It's a kind of a weird word. I want to tell you, Chris was due to speak this morning. Chris, thank you for... Ste- I just God's doing something. I don't even know... God's going to use whatever I speak because... <laughs> I haven't really planned anything this morning. That, that, sound, that might see some people kind of think, wow, that's walking on water. And that's what you said on Wednesday. We'll see what God does. And I was like, thank you for that, Rob. Yes, please, God, more of that. More of that, God, where that came from. So, Chris, like, it's, it's quarter to two. I want to try and finish on time because I, I don't think we need to ramble this morning. Like Rob did last week brilliantly, when the Holy Spirit moves, you have to be obedient to what the Holy Spirit's saying. And I don't want to take it in a different direction from what happened in the, in the worship. Because I believe we've already received something from God. But I kind of just want to seal that. Because as God was speaking to me this morning, I, there are some things that have kind of flowed with where the meeting's going. And so you must know that that's, that's God, isn't it? Yeah, it certainly wasn't the breakfast. Because for some of you, you know, we had a power cut this morning. In our, in our house at 3 o'clock this morning, I think the power went off. I looked over at the clock and it was blank. There was nothing on the digital clock. I was like, that's weird. It was so dark, you had to get mummy to open the window. Yeah, thank, that, yeah, that's right. We had to let the light in. That could be a word from God right there for somebody. Well done, Rosie. Sometimes you just got to let the light in. If you're feeling dark this morning, if things are croaching in on you this morning, if there's darkness that seems to be croaching in on your life, you've got to let the light in. Yeah. Wendy brought that brilliantly on Wednesday, talking about the light shine, arise and shine, for your light has come. 
that the light overcomes the darkness. Aren't you glad that light overcomes darkness? And it may just be that Rosie's given you the word this morning. <laughs> just let the light in. But yeah, we had a power cut. And there were lots of screaming and shouting going on upstairs. As I was downstairs thinking, God, what are you going to say this morning? Because i got no idea. <laughs> and as I'm listening upstairs, they're shouting, they're screaming. It turns out it was Joe in a cold shower. <laughs> Joe in a cold shower. We've got no heating. No... It makes you realize just how reliant we are on electricity, doesn't it? That if that little switch was to be switched off, Every time I went to do something, put the light on in the toilet, and it was like, there's no light. Kept looking at the clock, the digital clock don't work. Went to put the kettle on to make a cup of tea, and no kettle. I was thinking, things got nearly so bad, I nearly went up to number 30 Riola Gardens, but I knew they wouldn't receive me. <laughs> they had power. You paid the <laughs> You were taking all our power, were you? So we had none. But thank goodness for McDonald's. We drove down and got a, or Joe did, and got a latte and an egg McMuffin. Thank God for McDonald's, Terry. Love it. But made you feel alive having a cold. I don't know if you've had a cold shower before. Most ladies would be like, oh my goodness, that's a bit cold. Have you ever had a cold shower, John? Not many. Usually from Carol, probably, isn't it? <laughs> But it made you feel alive. But I want to tell you this morning, I'm so glad. Aren't you glad that there's never a power cut in heaven? Amen. That God says, I am all powerful. I have all power. There's never a shortage of power, Margaret, from heaven. And I'm so glad this morning that we have a God that has all power, all authority in him. But sometimes we switch it off, don't we? We, we limit the source of his power. We limit that source. But there's not been a power cut in this place this morning. No. The believe has been breakthrough in this place. That the light has been shone in our hearts. But sometimes worship can be, can be ugly. What do I mean by that? If you ever look in, this is going to be walking on water a bit. If you look in Genesis 32, please. It's Jacob. Yeah, that's right. Genesis 32. I'll tell you, this is absolute raw. If you want to see a raw preach this morning, and this is it. This is raw. But that's the only way we want it in this place. Authentic Christianity. Life. He's the life giver. And you know, our worship can feel ugly. Our worship can feel disjointed. And I don't know whether you've come in this morning limping, but we have a beautiful example here of Jacob that it says that Jacob, he came to, to, the, to the river, the Jabbok River, I believe. The river of Jabbok, which you think from um, verse 22, like in, in Genesis 
32. It says that he came over, there it is, in verse 22, yeah. He arose that night, took his two wives, his two female servants, they probably had a hot shower, I reckon, and his 11 sons, and what did they do? Look at that. Not even seen that, and they crossed over. <laughs> they crossed, haven't we been talking about that a lot in this place, about crossing over? Get ready for that delivery to arrive. As, as Rob saw that in the spirit, as those Amazon vans are going out, I believe God is up to something. And we're crossing over for a purpose. And it says here that Jacob crossed over the ford of Jabuk. What does Jabuk mean? Jabuk means he will empty. Empty itself. Isn't that interesting? That a worship sometimes comes when we actually empty ourselves. We come in a place of empty. That Jacob, even before he got to worship, he had to empty himself. I don't know whether sometimes, if you're like me, sometimes your worship can feel empty. Ever been like that? I have. My worship just feels empty. I think, God, how can I come to a God that is so big, so powerful? But God loves when I come and I'm empty. God loves when a child of his who's been through some trauma, can simply lift their hands and say, God, through it all, you are worthy. Amen. That's disjointed. That, that, to me, is sometimes an ugliness where you think, you know, we read Jacob. What did he do? He wrestled with God. But how did he wrestle? God said that he touched him in his hip and he was limping. And it says that he wrestled as he limped. And I want to tell you, sometimes in our lives, we limp as we worship. I limp as I worship. And it feels ugly to me. It feels disjointed to me. It feels broken to me. But I want to tell you, God looks on and he says, it's wonderful. Praise looks good on you. Your worship looks good on you. We need to turn it around sometimes. So sometimes we come in this place and feel like, I can't worship. I'm just going to stand at the back and have my arms here and I'm not going to worship. I'm not worthy to worship. I've done this. I've done that. This has happened. That's happened. But Jesus says, hey, I love it when you limp. I love it when you're empty. I love it when you're broken. Because that's a sacrifice of praise. That's what he's looking for. Worshippers. That are not afraid to come in this place and be real. He's looking for worshippers who will worship him in spirit and what? And in truth. That sometimes is being truth to myself. Yeah. It's to be real with myself. Yeah. It's to say I come in this place and yeah, I've not got it all together. But you're worthy, Lord. You are worthy, Lord. God loves it. He loves that kind of worship. And that's why I believe that he loves this church. He loves this place. He can't wait for us to arrive on a Sunday morning. Have you ever thought about that? He's here waiting. The Holy Spirit is waiting for you to arrive, Matthew and Anne-Marie. He's waiting for you to arrive to see those smiles on your faces. And to say, hey, I receive your worship in brokenness. And when you're limping, when you feel like God's not listening, he says, hey, I'm here and I'm waiting for you. Because I receive your worship. Asher, as you go, 
He says, hey, I want to see the smile on your face this morning when there's, when there's so much to, to deal with in these next few weeks in this season. He looks at you and sees that smile on your face this morning as worship and as a beautiful sacrifice to him. He loves it. He loves it. That's why he loves this place, the worship center, because he wants our worship. He wants your heart. And I'm reminded of that scripture when it says, where else can I go? I keep saying it. But I heard it again a couple times this week from people. They say, where else can I go? God, you hold the words of eternal life. Where else can I go back to? There's nothing back there. It's emptiness. It's emptiness. Where else can I go, Lord? You hold the words of eternal life. What about David? When David worshipped, where did he worship? He said, I'll be even more undignified. When was the last time your worship was undignified? It says that he danced wearing a nappy. He didn't care what people thought of him. What did it say? It says his wife, she despised him. (laughs) She despised him. She looked on him and was kind of like, oh. Oh. See, I've said it many times in this place. Don't look on and look at how other people worship because you don't know their story. You don't know where they've been. You don't know how much they've got to celebrate God for. You don't know how much they've been saved from X, Y, or Z. Don't ever look on and criticize. And she looked and she was like, oh. And what happened? She was barren. But David said, I don't care. See, nothing else mattered for David. Nothing else mattered for David. He didn't care what people thought. He thought, if you think this is crazy, John, if you think this is wacky, I'm going to be even more undignified. And this was the king. The king who should have been dignified. You don't do that sort of thing, David. And he said, I don't care. Because why did he worship? Because the presence of God was returned. It came back. And I want to tell you in this place, if if I've got anything to do with it, if we've got anything to do with it, I don't ever want the presence of God to leave. Because even if it's just two of us in this place, we're still going to worship. But he worshipped because the presence of God came back. And he said, I'm going to be even more undignified. You think this is crazy? Watch me go now. Watch me go. And Wendy talked brilliantly on Wednesday about heaven, praying heaven into earth, into our earthly situation. When we align his will to, when we align our will to his will, that's prayer. (laughs) When we align, we come into alignment, you say, his will be done. When we align our wills to to God, I think it talks about, have a look this afternoon, 1 John 5. 14, it talks about praying, asking God anything in his, according to his will. Not my will. That's prayer to say, God, 
I can, I can ask for this, but God, if it's your will, then it says it will be done. Come into alignment with his will. That's when heaven and earth meet. Love that. That we need to be declaring God's power. Declaring God's power. As, as Marion and, and mum said, when we declare the power is in the tongue and life and death is in the tongue. What you speak, we're so, we're so on it in this place about what you declare. What you speak is so powerful. Declaring God's power. See, that's, that's everything about this prophecy. Everything about this prophecy. The last part, the third element, says that it will be a restoration of my power. And that's what David did in his worship. He, he, he declared God's power. See, in Psalm it says about tasting and seeing that the Lord is good. But before that it says, I will magnify, magnify the Lord with me. And I heard somebody say that this week. He said, and I, and I thought, oh, yeah, I've never thought about that. If you've ever got a magnifying glass, and I didn't have a magnifying glass, but I guess it works with glasses as well. Anybody that's wearing glasses. When you put on glasses or you use a magnifying glass, you're not actually making the thing you're looking at any bigger in itself, are you? And it was quite profound. I thought, yeah, I've never really thought of that. You're using that instrument, your glasses, to, to make things in focus to make you be able to see it. So that person already, when you use a magnifying glass, you're not making that thing any bigger. You're just bringing it into perspective. You're bringing it into focus. So with your glasses, you're bringing what you're looking at into focus. It's not changing the object that you're looking at. And that's the same with God. When David said, magnify the Lord, you're not changing who he is. You're changing how you see him. You get that? You're changing how you see him. And this is what, I, I, I love this. This is what Rob said. This is what Rob said, and it's in the back of my Bible. And it's something that you said for a long time. And Rob's it's, it's mantra, it's, his, it's in your DNA. He says that we need to stop talking to God about our mountain, or just even stop talking about your mountain, but start speaking to your mountain about God. And that's what hit me this morning. Is that we've already had words spoken. But I want you to get to say, to declare God's power to that which stands against you. To focus with a magnifying glass, almost magnify the Lord... Not that he needs to be any bigger, but you need to see him bigger than your mountain. And so, Asher, for you, as you go from this place today, for mum, as you go from this place today, you say, magnify the Lord with me. Because we as a family magnify the Lord with you. Because we have a God who is exalted in the heavens. He's exalted, the name above all other names. That's my God. And when we declare his power, things happen. Things change. We see things differently. 
Not that he's any different, because he's always the same. But when we magnify and we look through a different lens, and we can see God and say, hey God, it may look like this, but I will magnify you so that it becomes that. Do you get what I'm saying? This is that. You see, Rob, a couple of weeks ago as well, it's interesting that the message, I think it was Dave Noble, that, that you come up with the titles for Rob's messages, don't you? Rob, Rob delivers it, or Rob fires it, and Dave names it. <laughs> Sometimes he'll message me and say, what do you think we should call this message that Rob's given? I'm like, I don't know, what do you think? <laughs> I'm better off asking Rosie what you think. <laughs> but Dave amazingly came up with this message a couple of weeks ago that Rob brought. It says, a new diet. Go and check it out on YouTube, on our messages on there. A new diet. And I would encourage you to go and revisit and listen to it again because it's interesting that last week we were talking about that we will gain weight. There will be a, great, a gaining of weight of our worship. And it will have a greater substance to it. And Wendy mentioned on Wednesday that that substance and that weight is his glory. His glory. Let his glory fill this place. That a new diet, a diet of his word, <laughs> a diet of his goodness. You can keep your five a day. You can keep your greens. A new diet. Lord, just one word. I don't need five a day. Lord, just one word from your house, one word from your lips can change my life, can change your life. And what I love about going back to Jacob, and we're coming into land here. Jacob, he was on the run, wasn't he? That's why he wrestled with God. He wrestled with God for other reasons as well, but he was on the run from his brother Esau. And he sent all his family across the river and eventually when Esau came back, he thought Esau was going to have a problem with him. But God had already done something in Jacob's life. At that point, he actually changed his name. You know, you have a new name. In heaven, you have a new name. You are a new creation, Chloe. A new creation in Christ Jesus. And what did Esau do? When he came back, he didn't see Jacob. He didn't see Jacob. He saw Israel. God had changed his name. Prince with God, that means. When Esau came back, he saw Israel. What a picture. And it says, it says that he ran to meet his brother. He fell on his neck, it says. And he was kissing him. He was hugging him. He loved to see him. And as I read that, I thought, hey, that sounds familiar, doesn't it? In the New Testament... Who else ran to meet the prodigal son? Who else ran? Didn't care what they looked like. Ran, put a ring on his finger, kissed him, fell at his feet and said, Hey, son, you were lost, but now you're found. What a picture of restoration. That's the power of God. Now, just like us to stand, please. It's been a different kind of meeting this morning. 
Because I just want to give you opportunity. I'm aware there's some people in this place that you don't know Jesus. Whether you're watching online, you may not know this Jesus. But I want to tell you there's a God here this morning that loves you so much. That like that prodigal son, he gave everything. He came running to meet you. And you may feel not worthy this morning. You may feel empty. You may feel broken. You may feel limping like Jacob. But I want to tell you, Jacob, God changed his name. And it says that he blessed him. And there was a day in my life when I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And I said, God, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sin. And there was a day when you did that in your life. But right now, in this moment in in eternity, this moment in history, this moment in life, I want to give you opportunity to say, hey, Jesus, this is the day that I meet you. This is the day that I have an encounter with you. This is between you and God right now. There are people in this place who don't know Jesus. Don't put it off. Don't put it off. If you want to know Jesus this morning, then I want you to do something brave. I just want you to stick your hand in the air. And we'll pray with you. Amen. Thank you. How about you? This is your moment. God is calling you. He's waiting for you like the father was waiting for the prodigal son to return. Thank you. He was waiting for him to return. And he's longing for you to make that decision. He's longing for you to make that decision this morning. Give you a few more moments. It's the best decision you'll ever make. The most important decision you'll ever make. Life changing. How about for some of you young people? It's to know how much Jesus loves you this morning. How much he has your life planned for you. To do you good, not to harm you. There's an opportunity for you to taste and see. Like Joseph did last week. The goodness of God in the land of the living. There's opportunity right now. Thank you, Lord. Some people have responded. So let's just lift our hands in this place. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, even for those in here this morning that may not have been brave enough to lift their hands, if they're lifting them now, Lord, that's good enough. (laughs) Because it's between you and them, Lord. It's between you and them. And so, Lord, I ask that if those who have raised their hands this morning, Jesus, let them know how much they are loved, how much they are forgiven, how much they are saved, Lord. They are are redeemed. They are bought with a price. That there is salvation come to their house today. And for those that have got their hands raised as well, Lord, in this place, Lord, I ask that you pour out again your spirit upon them. 
Pour out your spirit upon them, Lord. Let your power rest upon them. Let your power fall upon them, Jesus. For you are good. You are good. We thank you, Lord, for your word this morning. We thank you, Lord, that you have broken through. That you've changed hearts. That you've softened hearts. We thank you that you've broken through. And we exalt you again, Lord. We get to do that, Lord, in this, in this place on earth. We get to exalt you. But there's coming a day, Lord, when, when you return. When this earth is rolled up, Lord, that we will get to exalt you for eternity. There's coming a day of celebration. But we get to do it now, Lord. When it's difficult. When sometimes it's hard. We get to do it today. We get to do it today. Can you thank him this morning? Can you exalt him this morning? What a savior. What a savior. Lord, help us to speak to our mountain about you. Sometimes we need that help, Lord. Because it's not an easy thing to do. When the mountain seems so big. When that giant seems so big. But I'm thankful that you are bigger. Help us, Lord, to speak that word of truth, to speak your word, to declare how powerful you are, how good you are over those things, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Can you say amen? Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord.